Welcome to the Play It By Ear podcast. The podcast where the topics may vary because, hey, we play it by ear. And now your hosts, Eric Fiskus, Brady Liming, and Todd Griffin. Welcome to episode 11 of the Play It By Ear podcast. Eric Fisk is here with you, along with Brady Liming. Hello, hello. And Todd Griffin. Hey, hey. As always, the uh, basis of our show is we all bring a topic to the table, and we discuss that topic for 20 minutes, and the conversation is unrehearsed. So it is a Play It By Ear conversation. That's the basis of the name of the show. And as always, we appreciate you joining us. Uh, again, you can find us. Of course, you found us already, but other places you can find us or all the places, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify seems to be our biggest uh, outlet. Uh, also, our main page is anchor.fm backslash play it by ear podcast. And on that page, you have the ability to leave us a voice message, which we can then put into our podcast. So we have one today from Mr. Matt Young, a very good friend of mine, and uh, Matt has some musings for you. So Matt, take it away. Um, hey, hey guys, um, am I on? Is this a play by ear? Is it a podcast? Oh, okay. Um, do you guys think Scott Hadberg's a good player? Because I, I think he's overrated. What do you guys think? Am I on? Guys? Are you guys wearing shirts? All right, you guys have a good one. Thank you very much, Matt. And I will say just for myself, I will not speak for my two compatriots here, but I am wearing a shirt. I always wear a shirt. I am as pasty white as they come because you will not see me shirtless unless you're in the shower with me and you will not be in the shower with me. So <laughs> there you go. Gentlemen, I'm assuming you are with shirt as well. So you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Lloyd, there's a chance. I uh, I am wearing a shirt and a uh, gentleman, I know you guys would appreciate my shirt. You may be able to see it, but I'm wearing the Reagan Bush 84 uh, campaign t-shirt. Nice Keep choice. Old school. Yes, sir. Um, I'm wearing a shirt from my favorite author. One of my favorite authors, Tim Dorsey, uh, references one of his characters. Check it out. It's great. But I do want to say I'm not wearing pants. That's. <laughs> I believe I'm missing a sock. I think the cat took off with it a little bit ago. Well, we won't get into the socks, but uh, anywho, uh, like I said, we all bring a topic to the table. We always uh, rotate who's going first in each of the topics. And tonight it is Brady's turn to start us off. Brady, what do you yeah. have? Yes. Um, <laughs> well, I decided to kick it a little bit old school here. Um, with the end of each decade, we're entering a new one, 2020. People like to get reflective about, um, you know, stuff that they wore, what 
fashions have changed. And this is a nostalgic-based podcast a lot of times, so I thought it would be kind of cool to talk about what we wore in the 80s and 90s. And more specifically, oh my gosh, did we really wear that? And people would, we knew, did they wear that? So it's always kind of a fun trip down memory lane and think about your fashion do's and don'ts from your ute. So um, I want to kick this one off. You can't talk about the 1980s without one of the um, most iconic looks from the 80s. And gentlemen and listeners, I am talking about parachute pants. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, parachute (laughs) pants. Um, For the uninitiated, they were usually a nylon-based pant with many zippers in random places. Now, by the way, now I want to interject here. Yes. We had something going on in the 80s with parachutes, and I, I don't know what that was, but even in phys ed class, we would play with the parachute. <laughs> that is true. And then we wore them as pants. So I don't, I don't know what was going on with that, and uh, it uh, seems to have gone away because I don't know if people play in phys ed class in elementary school with they do. parachutes nowadays, or do they? They do. They do, especially during um, staff lunches. You know, we like to escape out. No, for real, but they do play with the um, the parachutes. And I would like to say you always knew it was a wonderful day when the gym door swung open and you yes, saw sir. the parachutes. Yes, sir. I was going to say, uh, Coach Kaiser with the box beside his feet, and you knew what was in that box. It was the parachute. It was the chute. I believe it was green. Uh, was it green? Like a like an army green? It was. Maybe some orange. Maybe some burnt sienna or some white in there. Some yellow ochre to get all Bob Ross. Some titanium yeah. white. I'm glad you brought that so. up, Eric. We, that's a maybe a new topic sometimes. Our favorite uh, phys yeah. games and stuff. But oh, that that would be a good and topic. I would we'll like put that to one on finish it off, <laughs> Eric. You know when we were talking about like you know how Mr. Kaiser must have felt you know with the magic box there. He kind of felt like he was in that moment of seven. What's in the box? What's in the box? <laughs> and it was all you know the parachute. <laughs> So, so, um, so Brady, on, real quick, gentlemen, refresh my memory on the parachute pants because you mentioned for the for those who don't know, you mentioned that they were they had zippers uh, in various places. I can't remember though. Were the zippers uh, were they did they just go through to your skin or did they go through to a was there a layer in? But was it like a regular pocket where there was a layer between? I can't remember. It, it, it was like a false pocket, a like a faux pocket. Of, I won't combine those together, but, um, but it was like, <laughs> I almost did it. I almost uh, did TV, it. Well, what would you say, Todd? Uh, you can get away with one of those yes. in a PG-13. I'll say it. So you had a focket. <laughs> yes. Or a focket. clean. That's as clean as it gets. Yes. <laughs> that's your, that's your one. There, there, there you go. And, um, but yeah, it, it was like to the layer of material or fabric. It didn't go all the way to your skin, but you really couldn't put anything in it like change or, hmm. you know, notes or, you know, if you snuck a snack out of the lunchroom, but, um, <laughs> no, but they were, they were just kind of there for, uh, they were adornments and they were in random places. So yeah. an, on, on that note also, so I'm, I'm getting into these things we had in the 80s. What was it with the fake pockets? Because now I may be getting ahead of you here because they're one of the main fashion things of the 80s was the Michael Jackson jacket. With yep. the all those zippers, all those yep. zippers on the top, but they weren't pockets. They were just zippers. 
Um, yeah, and what, I don't what was think it, it was with, a, the, with the false pockets in the eighties. Well, I don't think it was as much about the false pockets as it was the um, the zippers. The zipper itself was a shiny. You know, yeah, it was shiny. It contrasted the black or the red leather. You know, um, that's going to be my guess because rhinestones were very seventies. <laughs> now I had the Mike. I had the Michael Jackson jacket, but I didn't have the. You're talking about the beat it jacket. Yes. Right? I'm talking about Correct. the thriller jacket with the uh it, it had the, the V kind of uh right. red with the black, but I had black yes. with gray. And I always thought that I my mom like bought me a knockoff Michael Jackson jacket, like uh but I happened to see a poster uh of Michael Jackson wearing a black and gray it was the exact same cut, exact same, you know, uh coat in the thriller or jacket is in the thriller video but it was black with a gray v-shaped stripe on it so uh, that's all i needed to know that i had a legit michael jackson jacket did did throw it loved your mom that much more (laughs) when you found out she got you an authentic jacket that's right do you think it said Michael Jackson with two ends? Michael Jackson, like <laughs> to throw it back to the, the back. The only man. way it was said that is if you bought it at Sardinia Founders Day. <laughs> that is true. Jackson with two. Well, ends. like you, you remember the uh, the uh, smaller sized Air Jordans when they first came out, and they said Sky Jordan on them. I remember that distinctly. It wasn't a. It wasn't an off brand. They were still. They just. I don't know what it was, but back then. I think somebody will probably look this up and prove me wrong, and maybe I did just have knockoffs. But I, I, I could have swore that the the uh, kids' sizes of Air Jordans when they first came out were, said Sky Jordan on them. I did not know that. Could be much like the could Converse be. weapons. Since I'm a Larry Bird fan, Converse weapons, these small sizes, I believe, were called revolvers. I believe they were called Converse revolvers. Hmm. Interesting. That is now you you were younger than us considerably mm-hmm. so i mean six years when you're a kid that's a lot of time yeah um so i i can't really say as to what the the baby jordan shoes were called i'll take your word for it yeah um i mean by I the could, time they came out we were what brady probably four, 13 14 yeah i that. remember the first ones that came out because they were the uh, red black and white ones and then they came out with just the red and black ones not to be confused with the knockoff air jordans which we always jokingly called air buddies because they, they were red, black, and white like the Air Jordans, but they weren't. And I don't know who coined the term Air Buddy at first, but you know they were close enough. Probably about $80 yeah, cheaper. Nikes. It, it, it was the equivalent of the Coming to America McDonald's Golden Arches versus the Golden Arcs. So <laughs> on your Air Buddies, you, you didn't have the swoosh. You had, I don't know what the, the thing was called. But <laughs> <laughs> something like that. <laughs> it was not the swoosh. It was some other shape, but it was similar. Just do that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that, that hit my funny bone and I got choked up. So, but, um, do we all own parachute pants? Brady, I know you I, own parachute pants. I yeah. owned one pair of parachute pants, and they had zippers right in the middle of the thigh. And... God blessed me with big thighs, and I and the not fat per se, but they're, they're muscular. But even that, it was very uncomfortable. Like you could not, or I could not, let me say, pull the pants up to a level as to where I wanted them because those 
those zippers would have given my leg gang gangrene. <laughs> so when you took them off, did it look like you'd had stitches like staples? Did it leave yes. marks? Oh man. Yes, it was awful. I, I don't, I did not wear those pants very often, maybe even twice, something like that. It, it was just not good. <laughs> and I, I will say about this whole topic that I had my own fashion in the eighties and it was awful. <laughs> it was not along the lines of what was fashionable. It was a, a different track and it was awful. So I'll just say that about myself. I will own it. It it wasn't awful. It was yours. Well, it, it was mine. All right. I, I could not deny it. It was awful. Yeah. I, I can't imagine I had good fashion in the eighties. I mean, you know, would have been anywhere from, uh, three to 10 years old or three to 13 years old, I guess, three to 12, something like that in the eighties. So I can't imagine I was much of a dresser. Well, well, but there, it's it's one thing to be fashionable because the fashion itself was not good. But if you look like everybody else, that's one thing. I didn't look like everybody else. I had a a separate awful track. <laughs> Everyone else was on an awful track. I had made my own separate <laughs> awful track. <laughs> oh man, I think you're being a little bit hard on yourself there, man. But <laughs> hey, you talk about kids like kids' fashions. I, I got a, you know, th- this goes actually a little bit before the 80s. Um, we can't not talk about Garanimals. Did you ever own Garanimals? No. No. Um, not for not the, that I remember. Well, I have pictures of myself in various Garanimalia. I mean, it, it was the wide lapel 70s type of, of wear leisure suit sort of wear. Yeah. I don't think they were Garanimals, though. Not that I remember. Um, now, what now, is a Garanimal? By the way, Brady, tell people what Garanimals are if, if they're not familiar. I don't even know if they still make them anymore. Uh, they do, actually. Well, the, uh, d- don't let me forget to mention this, Eric, because the, the, there is a modern incarnation of it. But what Garanimals were, they were kids' clothes that there was a color of animal on the tag that you bought. So if you were really fashion challenged or your parents were really fashion challenged, all they had to do was match up the animals. So the red and white tiger shirts would go with the red and white tiger pants. And I'm not saying they were red and white tiger stripe, but you match the animal, which gets to the hilarious part about my granimal experience. There's this really God awful picture of me. Um, you know, when I was about seven or eight years old and it, my basically it had looked like a salad shooter. It exploded on me. I was wearing about three or four different shades of green and orange and white and yellow. And my sister and I got to laugh at him. My mom's like, how on earth did you look and dress me? He's like, you know, they were gray animals. All you had to do was like match the little animals. And she's like, Oh, you had to match the animals. <laughs> so it was like, yeah, I- um, she missed the memo on the, you know, the matching the animals, but it was pretty darn funny. It was So so what, what did she do? She just picked two animals she liked and put them together? That I don't know, but I can tell you the picture. Maybe I'll have to dig this up and put it on the website. But um, it was plaid. Oh, I think you definitely need to do that. Oh, yeah. Hey, I, if I if I would embarrass myself by putting the, me coming out of a rhino's butt, I, I, I could put a great animal picture up. Um, but it was um, like green, yellow, orange, check plaid bell bottoms. And I was wearing the top of the t-shirt was like a dark green. The, um, the, the, the body part was like a yellow green 
putrid color and it had white and orange and dark green and it said jock in triplicate. <laughs> and uh, it's like somehow I think the, you know, I, I don't know. Where was the word strap? The <laughs> I, I couldn't find that one. Um, probably on my granimal underwear. Um, you know, but it was just like, uh, it, it was funny because, but it was like, you know, who knows? I could have put it on myself. I just, you know how kids are. They'll throw anything on to get out the door quick. But it was a pretty hysterical picture because like I said, it, I, I looked like a mismatched salad. I can tell you, I don't remember having them. I'd have to ask my my parents, but I will say this: uh, my dad would have not had the patience to match up two animals to, to, to for a matching outfit. He would not been. Uh, it would have Blue been you grab, a pair, you grab a Red pair of pants and a pair of, and a shirt, and and you go with it. You don't, you know, you don't flip. So through how and often find was your dad bags. in charge of dressing you? Well, that's true. He he, you know, it's always funny because I as I got a little older and started, especially basketball shoes, things like that, I always liked going shopping with my dad, uh, because my mom would always try to talk me into going, you know, buying something cheaper or, you know, how about this one? How about these shoes? These, you know, it tore my dad was like, I want you to get in the store, get what you want and get out. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't so much as he wanted to maybe buy the more expensive thing. He just did not want to be there. So I really, I would always beg him to take me like shoe shopping and stuff. Yeah, way to play the game. Yeah, exactly. But on the la- on the final footnote of gray animals, the reason I brought it up, that I guess they have adult gray animals now for nostalgia's sake. So um, I'm going to have to check this out. But somebody told me they have now adult gray animals for us uh, Gen Xers that grew up on gray animals. Really but, nice. Yes, which brings me to the next fashion. Don't jorts. We can't talk about the 80s and the 90s without talking about the jean short. Um, is it bad uh, that I still have jean shorts that I wear? Uh, no, it, it, it's okay. It, it, it's all right. Brady, you can be honest with me. I'm okay with it. Well, I, I've seen them come back ironically a little bit, but the heyday of the jean short, the jort, um, where they kind of come down just above the knee and are the uh, going back to the eighties, I had my bugle boy jorts that were, um, had the, uh, the pink and black checks up the side on one seam and the orange checks up the other side. So nice. yeah, the, 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 jort was a fashion statement back then. Um, in fact, you even had your homemade jorts that, um, my friend Doug lovingly, um, took a pair of his jeans, cut them off, nailed them to a tree and shotgun blasted them so they would have holes in them. So you could wear your spandex bicycle shorts underneath of them with the contrast in color. So but you could not the, wear those to school. You could not wear those to school. Um, my, yeah. um, my eighth grade daughter was horrified when I told her that I got sent to the office because I had a, um, a hole in the knee of my jeans and um, I had to go safety pin them up or take apps for the day. Hmm. I only remember one day in my high school career where we could wear shorts. Maybe yeah. I'm wrong about that. Uh, no, we weren't allowed one to. Day. Nope. I remember one day. What was that day? It was shorts day. I don't know why it was deemed shorts day, but you could wear shorts to school. That was, that Eric, was a rare was treat. Shorts day. Jor- yeah, it was shorts yeah. day. day. So, um, you <laughs> know. It was probably coach's shorts day. But. <laughs> 
There you go. And, and about the only person that, you know, really rocks out and makes the George his own today is John Cena. Um, and, you know, it's kind of like uh, George have kind of got to be, you know, kind of a dad joke kind of thing. Like your dad uniform as you're wearing your jorts and your white New Balance shirts while short, excuse me, let me try it again. White New Balance shoes while grilling. And then and you my, have, you know, your t-shirt tucked into your jorts. Relentless, relentless, just awful hard time about my jorts. Oh, it does. And I don't care. I, I don't care. Yeah, You've earned that right, man. Like I it's, said, my passion has always been awful all my life. I own it. I don't care. It doesn't matter to me. <laughs> Brady, you're forgetting that the white, uh, the white New Balance shoes, though, uh, they won't stay white all summer. They turn green from mowing the yard. You got to make sure that. Uh, That's right, and you got to match your animal shorts to match the grass stain. <laughs> um, uh, two and a half minute warning, by the way. Oh, no problem, no problem, Todd. Um, we had kind of discussed briefly, and I'm going to kick it to you on this. Um, there was an 80s fashion craze, and I kind of remember it when I was in sixth grade. A couple years later, these things were still around, and these were painter's hats. And yeah, you had I, a special kind of painter hat, didn't you? I, I do. I remember a special kind of painter's hat, and I don't know if every like if you could get these everywhere, but I remember at King's Island buying a painter's hat, and it was the uh, uh, King Cobra, the roller coaster. Ah, yeah. And it, and it had, behind it, had, it was like... Uh, it was like a head tuxedo. It had tails coming down from the back of the hat, just two strips of cloth that I'm assuming kept the back of your neck from getting sunboined and, you know, just was for protection. Didn't really look great, but I rem- I don't know if anyone else remembers those, but I had one of those, those hats. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call it the French foreign legionnaire hat <laughs> that you see in movies where somebody's trekking across the desert with, uh, with their commander is wearing a pith helmet and yeah. the, the the rest of the minions are wearing like the uh, French legionnaires hats with the flaps to keep their <laughs> neck from burning in the Sahara. So um, the, the uh, <laughs> I would love to still have that hat. I bet I could find one on on eBay. Uh, the one fashion thing that comes to my mind, though, along the same thing with shorts or jorts or whatever, just that topic. And Eric, you and I have talked about this a lot. Is basketball you know I, I i was a basketball player from third grade through all the way through graduation and uh when i remember the most memorable shorts that i remember were junior high and and the sad thing was is they were new uniforms my seventh grade year we got brand new uniforms and we had those for seventh and eighth grade and you still spent a tremendous amount of time on the court picking them out of various places orifices in your body yeah. And I remember, and, and this this came to me the other day. I was watching some basketball clips uh, from ESPN, and uh, you know the celebrating now has gotten you know pretty uh, pretty intense. And you know, no one can make a three pointer now without holding up the uh, three point uh, symbol, and you know, showing off going down the court. Which uh, yeah, okay, that's fine. But when I was in junior high. I would have loved to have done that after making a three, but I was too busy pulling the shorts out of the crack of my ass going down the going down the court after shooting the ball. Where you know, because when you would shoot, it would pull up your your shirt that was tucked into your shorts that was also skin tight, and oh, then yeah. pull the shorts on up. And Eric, I know you have. We, and we can extend the time here if you if you ask me because I know yeah. you have something to say about this because that trend continued 
as I went into high school, usually it was hand-me-downs. Like when we were freshmen, we got the old, old, old varsity uniforms. And then uh, right. JV, we, you know, I think it was maybe my junior year when we got new uniforms again. And they were comfortable shorts. They were before the Fab Five in Michigan kind of started the real long and baggy short trend. So they came down to maybe an inch or so from our knees, and they were comfortable. So when I, when I was a freshman in high school, I actually wore the same uniform and not the exact same number, but the same style uniform that my brother wore as a senior in high school. Now, I was a freshman in 85, 86. He graduated high school in 76. So literally <laughs> a 10-year-old uniform. And you, you know the 70s style. I mean, they were shorter than they were of these uniforms you're talking about. So, I mean, you want to talk... You, you didn't spend any time picking it out of anywhere because it was already up in there when you put them on. There was no picking it out. It was already there and it was staying there. If you went into a defensive stance, you had to worry about bubblegum showing, didn't you? Uh, yeah. Ah, that was the, the, uh, nothing left to the imagination there. The, the kind of shorts where like the, the, your, the crotch was lower than the legs. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Like one of those Jane well, Fonda workout no, I'll videos. I'll say no to that because it was, there was nothing low about those shorts anywhere. <laughs> True. The, the crotch, I mean, the the uh, the nape of your top of your thigh. Or, I mean, it was up in there. It was up in the back. It was up everywhere. Excuse me, Coach, while I pick these shorts out of my pancreas. And when you're sitting on the bench, I mean, people on the stage are probably getting a show because, I mean, it's just it, it just all disappears up, up in everywhere. Not good. Yeah. Not good at all. And we we seem to have gone to where the shorts are creeping back up. And for whatever reason, it was this year, I, the, the kids started like folding the waistband of the short over so they could pull it up more. Yeah. And I, and I, I just, I went to a lot of basketball games because I broadcasted them on the radio. And I'd look at that and I'd, I spent my whole childhood wanting a pair of, of basketball shorts that was comfortable and did not... <laughs> go up my leg and these kids are purposely doing it and i don't i just sat there and couldn't understand it yeah but i guess you know things things come and things go but do, yes. do you guys remember speaking of pockets i just thought of this brady when you were talking about the pockets what about ruse kangaroo shoes oh, yeah um you know when i was i don't know kindergarten first second third grade uh, my mom, with my lunch money, uh, lunch was a dollar and, a, and a, I believe a dollar and a dime. I remember it. I remember it being a dollar and a quarter. But my mom had this special way of folding my lunch money. And she would fold the quarter up the coin into the, you know, inside the dollar and make it all about, I don't know, maybe a inch by inch, you know, square. square. Yeah. yeah. And she origami the dollar around the, the quarter. <laughs> Yeah, I, you know, I haven't tried that. I might try, but anyway, my the point I was making is I remember having a pair of kangaroo shoes, and they had the the pocket on the side of them, and the when my mom would fold my lunch money that way, it fit perfectly in that kangaroo pocket. I had a pair of Carolina. Sandy was Blue very Roos. resourceful. <laughs> I don't know if she yeah. knew that. I mean, I just would put it there. I'm sure. I'm sure she did, and probably kept me from losing my lunch money a lot because she, it was folded so small that it, um, you know, it might have been easy to lose had it not been for the ruse yeah i said i had the sky nice blue alliteration one. or i guess that's <laughs> yes 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 
Did you guys own Ruse? I did. No. I did. I did not. Again, I was on my own fashion track. I did not own Ruse. Um, LA Gears? Oh, LA Gear. I forgot about LA Gear. And that had a big endorsement, too, because that was Joe Montana's brand. British Knights? He he was the pitchman. British Knights, yes. (laughs) Yes. These are all just jumping in my head, these shoe brands from the 80s and 90s, I remember. Th- those are the those are the big ones. Um, oh, uh, they're still around, but in the eighties, K Swiss was a big deal for a while. Yeah, which is the white. So, classic. so you've named like five different brands of shoes, and I'm saying no to all of. I never had any of those things. <laughs> I'm wondering what you wore. I had the Air Buddies, <laughs> whatever brand those were. But <laughs> I remember you having a pair of like a black. Um, they might have been ponies or pumas. But they, they were they, super they shiny. They were ponies. Ooh, pony. They were ponies, and they were patent leather, and I got relentlessly dogged out for wearing those shoes. They were black shoes, with and white I still leather. resent it to this day. They were patent leather, and I liked them. And everyone else gave me the business. Were they the business. black with a white stripe? Yes, yes, they were. I remember you wearing those. Did you, you Did you have those when you were a little older? Like, Were they shiny? I yeah, I, I had them shiny. in high school. I may have put them in my closet and then gotten them back out at some point. But I, I remember seeing them at some point. I, I, I remember wearing them to the holiday tournament at Western Brown, and I remember getting relentlessly teased. And I don't know if I wore them again in high school after that. <laughs> Maybe I brought them out later, like I said. Yeah. But I liked those shoes. And again, I was on my own fashion track, and it was bad. But I guess I just could not stand up to the... Uh, teasing see those would have looked really good with the fashion sense that i remember them or the fashion trend that i remember the most eighth ninth grade and that is pegging your jeans i know anyone out there that oh, went to brady yeah. pegged his jeans in the late 80s huh brady pegged his jeans in the late 80s <laughs> I, I i have to clarify that it was actually 1990 is when i learned about the jean pegging uh, my freshman year of T- college tomato uh, tomato yeah <laughs> Yeah, but um, yeah, and that was a that was a pain because like once you got used to doing it, and that fashion trend went out, it felt like I was wearing you know huge bell bottoms afterwards when (laughs) like just the regular you know falling of the jeans to the shoes. But yeah, the the peg jeans were a thing. Well, the the pegs made you. The problem with the pegs though is they caused they caused extra stress and work throughout the day because you never could peg your pants in the a.m. and they just lasted all day. So it was constantly repegging it, retightening it. And then when, when high tops got so pop, you know, like when basketball season was over and you'd wear your basketball, your high tops after, when you put your peg in there, you had your high top, your peg, well, it was several inches up your calf before, you know, where your leg, where your pant ended up because of the so high tops. Like and knickers. Then, huh? Like knickers. Yeah. 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 But, um. Good topic. Yep. Good topic. I mean, we, we, we could have gone on and on with that, I think. We could have, and we encourage our listeners, what uh, fashion trends do you remember from your youth? Excuse me, your youth. Uh, who am I kidding? That We say that all the time. Um, please send us a, you know, a message. What do you remember wearing? What was your fashion do's? What was your fashion don'ts? What do you want to wear? What do you wish you could still wear? And what will you never wear again, thankfully? Send pictures. Never, never say yeah. never. Yeah, Brady, we want to see that picture. Yeah, I'll have of to take it out. your mismatched granimals. In my mismatched granimals. It was a granimistake. All right. Thank you, Mr. Liming. On to topic two. So, topic two is 
Would you rather? A oh round my. of would you rather. <laughs> Uh-oh. Yeah. So the way this is going to work, gentlemen, is we will go back and forth between the two of you. Now, both of you will answer each would you rather, but I'll just allow each of you to take turns selecting the category of the would you rather. So the would you rather questions come in five categories. And those categories are funny, good, hard, deep, or weird. So... Can we get, uh, sorry, Fiscus, is, uh, can we get a, funny is pretty self-explanatory. Um, I think weird is self-explanatory. Yes. Deep, I'm assuming it just means it's it's very. Philosophical, philosophical. moral question. Okay. And, and maybe, maybe hard would be there as well. Just a, a, a moral, philosophical Deep, deep may take a little bit of uh, cognitive jogging on your part. Mm. And then uh, the second one was good? Good. Good, okay. Mm. I'm, I'm ready. just giving you the... You're ready, okay. So we, uh, we drew numbers backstage. Todd, <laughs> you get to go first. All right. I think I will... I think it would be pretty fitting of me to go with I'm going to go with weird 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 you you threw a curveball at me I I thought for sure you were going to go funny I'd even <laughs> I thought about that started to <laughs> started to move my list I, I think weird could be funny <clears throat> well it can be I guess we'll decide all right Todd starting with you okay would you rather your shirts always be two sizes too big or one size too small? Oh, man. Oh, man. So my shirts always be two sizes too big or one size too small. Is that what you said? Yes. yes. All right. So I'll get into this quickly. There were several years ago, if anyone is, is a good friend of mine, uh, I don't know, 10, 11 years ago, I kind of really got into fitness and, and, and lost you know, lost several, like 40 pounds and, and really just started, you know, and it took us about a 10 year process of going from learning more about, you know, fitness and things to eating, to being a clean eater. And then here a few years back, uh, I started falling off the wagon and here I am today, not doing any of that stuff. But I say that to say this, uh, I really started learning about how, uh, you know, you tend to want to wear a bigger shirt to, to hide if you feel like you, you, you know, that you, overweight or whatever um and in actuality it it kind of does the opposite of that some so what i started learning was is buying something a little more fitted while being a little uncomfortable actually probably looked better and i I think that trend i think i still stick with that i think that I, i may be a little uncomfortable wearing a shirt that's one size too small but i would rather try to get into that shirt that's one size too small than make the shirt that's two sizes too big fitted. Does that make sense? Uh, it does. Yeah. So I, I think, and so I'm going to go with one size too small, but I definitely do that kind of knowing that I would be probably uncomfortable, but maybe look better. Does that, I mean, hate for vanity to come in there, but so, I think, I think I, I would look better in a shirt one size too, like. too small than to wear a size, two sizes too big. Brady? Brady? Oh man. 
I think I'm going to have to go with the opposite one. I think I'm going to have to go two sizes too big um, because I'm thinking that at least I could layer it up with something underneath of it, um, get, puff it out a little bit somehow. But um, yeah. I, I, I don't want to look like, um, you know, an early millennium wrapper where everything was 50 sizes too big and the shirts and the pants <laughs> and everything. But, um, you know, I, I'm going to go with the comfort. I, I could let vanity come into it a good ways, but I, you know, I, I hate wearing a shirt that feels too tight, but I'm going to have to go two sizes too big and I'm going to try nice. to dress it up somehow. Well, I think men are notorious. I mean, not all men, of course we don't, I don't mean to offend you out there if you're a male and you're a, a nice of good dresser, but a lot of men are, are not very, are poor dressers. And one of the things I think men tend to do is wear clothes that are not, they don't fit them, you know, yeah. suits, things like that. You know, you wear a, you see a, a person wearing a suit in the jacket, you know, is too big on them or whatever, or pants too big. So I think we have a tendency to always go bigger because it's, it's more comfortable. Like you said, Brady. Yeah. Fat As my grandmother would say, it would look like a sack on a sow. <laughs> So. Now, I may chime in or I may not chime in on some of these things. I will chime in on this one because it connects back to a conversation we just had. I will always go two sizes too big because of the claustrophobic feeling that my old basketball uniforms used to give me. <laughs> not yes. just the not just the shorts, but the jerseys and the the the, the nylon jersey that just kind of clung to you and you you spent pulling down your short legs and pulling the jersey out and it was always a very claustrophobic feeling i don't like to feel claustrophobic in my clothes so therefore it will always be two sizes too big i get Makes it sense brady category is funny good hard deep or weird um i think i'm gonna go uh I, I, let, let's go funny we've been on the clothing and fashion let's lighten it up a little bit Fair enough. Funny it is. Okay, Brady, your funny question is, would you rather, and, and here we are on shirts again, <laughs> would you rather every shirt you ever wear be kind of itchy or only be able to use one ply toilet paper? <laughs> <laughs> well... Ah, oh, man. Itchy shirts or one-ply toilet paper. This is going to be easy because I'm just going to go with one-ply toilet paper because there's no, no rule saying I can't take that one-ply toilet paper off the roll and double-ply it, but you can't avoid an itchy shirt where you feel like, you know, an alpaca with fleas. So I'm going to go with, um, I, I'm going to definitely go with the toilet paper on that one. Enough said. Todd? Hmm. Uh, yeah, I was thinking, um, I think I'm going to go with Brady. I, I hate itching. I, you know, and someone, I, I have sensitive skin always have. And so I, I itch a lot anyway. And, but I think, I think like Brady said, you can, you can, uh, MacGyver some, some single ply TP and, and make it work. If you, uh, you know, if you happen to, uh, jit your jorts, um, and, and you, uh, <laughs> and you, uh, you need some help. I think, I think you can make do with a single ply, but it's very uncomfortable to get through a day with an itchy shirt. Like you get a haircut 
And and you know how you get a haircut if you don't if you if you try to wear the shirt for very long after the haircut, how that feels on the back of your neck and the in your back and stuff. I can't take that. I That's why you ask for the powder. That's why you ask oh, for yeah. the powder. Yeah, you shouldn't even have oh, to powder ask. that up. <laughs> you shouldn't have to ask. Talk, talk it up. <laughs> well, no, you kind of do have to ask because in the eighties, asking for the powder had a totally different meaning, I guess, according to the movies. So, um, you know. I never yeah, asked for the watching powder because I'm movies afraid. than I was. <laughs> but I'm yeah. going. To, I'm going. I'm going single ply TP. I, I gotta throw this to you, Todd. So if you didn't want to chit your jorts, if you're wearing, <laughs> it, anyway, it's it, jit your jorts. It, yes, chit chit your jorts. What what what? what? <laughs> no, it's not chit your jorts. It's jit your jorts. <laughs> yeah, there we go. There we go. <laughs> But so what if you had, if you were wearing parachute pants, would it be, you had a parachute accident, <laughs> parachute pants? I think it would. Something like that. Sorry. All right, Brady. No, that's Todd's, I think. You, I think. Todd? Yep. Funny, good, hard, deep, or weird? Uh, you know, I'm going to go deep. Go deep. All right. Your question. Would you rather be held in high regard by your parents or your friends? Man. So I'm assuming here if if it can only be one or the other, because that's the name of the game. Yes. Well, that's not the name, but that's the, the idea of the game. So I'm guessing if I let's just say I pick my friends. That would mean that my parents would not hold me in high regard. Correct. You know, I, I'm going to have to go. I'm going to have to go. Parents, you know, I still. Anyone who knows me knows that I, I, I still, I talk to my dad quite often. I talk to my mom a lot too, but my dad quite often. And I, it's kind of funny, but I can't. I don't make any decision without calling him. And it, I mean. Obviously, I make some decisions, but any bigger decision, any any you know anything like that, I call him, and I think that I do that to get the reassurance, but also because I still somewhat feel like I don't want to let my parents down, and it's weird, but at, at almost forty three years old, it still means a lot to me to to make them feel proud and to and to want you know to want them to be uh, you know proud of me, and I think that, so. I think I want them to hold me in high regard more than my friends. I don't care what Brady? you guys think of me. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's, that's why I'm I'm so surprised it took you so long to answer because I figured you knew your friends don't hold you in high regard already. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, you, you, you kind of uh, said it exactly, Todd. This won't take me very long, but I figure, you know, you guys have known me forever, most of my life, and you know that I eat food with handles and, um, you know, have strange habits and tendencies and you don't high, hold me in high regard, but no, yeah, I'm going to go, definitely go. I want my, you know, I want my parents all me in high regard. My mom, you know, I still check in and shoot. I was just bragging today. I felt like the little kid that come home from kindergarten with a gold star. It's like, Hey, I installed lights and I didn't kill myself, you know? <laughs> So, and I called mom. So, um, yeah, so definitely I go with you on that one, Todd. So I'll chime in there as well. Agreed on all three fronts. <laughs> Same reason. Ditto. I, uh, 
that remind me real quick, just a real quick story is I, is my dad texts now. And so this morning I, ha- I saw something on Facebook and it was a, if you just picture it, it's a, a father and a son ha- sitting down, having a conversation and the, the, the dad says, son, one day you'll be a man. And the dad says, dad, I'm, or the, the son says, dad, I'm 32. And the dad says, but the AutoZone guy had to change your wiper blades. So, so I sent that. I sent that to my dad and my brother. And I said, why does this sound like something that you would say to me, dad? And uh, he got he got quite a, he said, I guess the truth hurts, doesn't it? This is what my dad said. And then he admitted to uh, the fact that he has the AutoZone guy now put his uh, wiper blades on <laughs> when he goes. So there's no shame I, in that. I, it's free. I mean. I, I, I resemble that remark. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Brady. I think I'm going to flip the script. Let's go weird. I did funny. Let's go back to weird. I want to see what kind of weirdness gets thrown at me. Back to weird. Back to weird it is. Would you rather find $5 on the ground or find all of your missing socks? Ooh. Ooh. Um... I guess I'm looking at the time frame here, like all of my missing socks, like since birth. I mean, are they going to back up a truck and <laughs> dump 5,000 socks on me? Or, um, <laughs> Even baby booties. Yes. Everything. Yeah. Oh my gosh. There's my elf socks. But um, no, uh, I think, uh, no, I, I'm going to go $5 on the socks ground. Too. Okay. I just lost them last week, but no, I, I think I'm going to go $5 on the ground. I, Finding socks that just doesn't hold much. I'm pretty hard on socks anyway. My my feet wear through socks. They have a short shelf life, so if they're missing, they probably ran away from the abuse. So I'm going to go with finding five dollars on the ground. Todd, are you hard on socks, or do you have I, a different answer? I, I am. Uh, I'm pretty hard on socks. Um, I and I have a I have a lot of socks. I. You can ask ask my wife. I say at least once a week, I've got to organize this sock drawer. Uh, it, it's just a it's just a mess. Um, but with that being said, I think because of that, I already have a lot of socks. You know, and there's I'm going to be honest with you. There are certain days where I don't give a darn whether my socks match or not, or you know things like that. Uh, if they're going to show, obviously I want them to. But. I'm going to go with $5. I'm just going to save time, go with $5. Um, yeah, I'm good. So my answer is this. I, I'll qualify this answer. I currently have a tall laundry, what do you call Receptive. those things? Clothes basket. Clothes basket. <laughs> it, it's a tall one, not a wide one, a tall one. Okay. One quarter full of socks with no matches. And this bothers me to a great extent. If I could only find matches for those socks, I would disregard the $5 on the ground just to match those socks up. Because this pile, and sometimes the pile grows and it gets smaller, but there's always a core group of socks that I will not throw away because eventually I'm going to find the match. And it, at times, it uh, absorbs my life trying well, to find matches to these let, socks. let me throw this at you if i can make a weird topic or a weird uh, choice into the deep uh option what if you were to take every sock 
in that basket and throw it away. Which is what I should do. You're done. Your time is not occupied anymore. Uh, Now I'll know that I I failed. I failed (laughs) in my quest to find the matches to these socks. We need to explore this topic psychologically, Eric. This has a different meaning. I feel about socks the way I think I did episode one or two or three back when we first started this. And I told you how if, if money wasn't an option, I would buy new underwear every year. I would never, I would never wear the same pair of underwear twice. And I'm kind of the same way as socks. I would just replenish them, and uh, I w- certainly wouldn't chase them about the house and or wherever they end up and and stress over it. But I, I I get it. It's very stressful when you you don't know where they go. And and this is something I should not waste my brain time on, but I do, and I don't know why I do. There are other things that don't absorb my thinking that are similar, but don't, I can't explain that. I don't know what happened back in my childhood that made me obsess over finding the matches to my socks. Now it's not just my socks. My wife has many more socks than I have. And a lot of those are hers, but I, I, it bothers me. My five-year-old daughter, it's amazing how quickly she could lose a sock. Um, You know, she will just, peel off the socks willy nilly. You'll find one in the kitchen and one like on the trampoline in the backyard. And it's so random. I've just found, you know, so she ends up mixing and matching her socks frequently because it's a necessity because, you know, I'm sure I'm going to be cleaning the leaves out of the gutter and I'm going to find one of her socks up there. Eric, another option, you could buy a taller clothes basket and it wouldn't look as cool. (laughs) And a step stool. (laughs) That, that could be my second option. You are correct. <laughs> All right, Todd, back to you. All right. Last round. So we've, we've done weird. We've done deep. We've done funny, right? Yes. We haven't done let's go hard. All righty then. Hard it is. Okay, Todd, would you rather... Let me find it here. Would you rather clean rest stop toilets or work in a slaughterhouse for a living? <sighs> oh. Here, here's the deal. I don't, I don't know that this is as hard as I... I'm going to make it easy. I would rather clean rest stop toilets. Uh no shame in that game. That's a, that's a an important job. And I think, I think that I would, you know, enjoy knowing that I, that I had that important job because everyone knows when you're traveling and you need to, uh, take care of business, Brady, what, yeah, how do you intestinal uh, distress <laughs> while traveling <laughs> and to use another Brady ism, if you need to make a deposit, <laughs> um, do your you business, know, you know how good it feels to walk into a clean and fresh uh, and a well-kempt, uh, roadside, you know, rest, rest area. So, and on top of that, I love animals. Don't get me wrong. I eat meat, but I can never look at an animal at, at, in that job that you mentioned, I can never look at the animal and actually go through with that. So I'm cleaning toilets all day. Brady. Dittos to the point of every utterance he just said, I could have said, so to keep from repeating everything, Todd, you just basically read my mind. That's why I use your words. <laughs> there you go. 
Agreed on all three fronts once again. And I'll, I'll go along with what you say about that being a very important job because it's a very unsung job. But when you're driving like we do often to Illinois, that's where my wife's family lives. And you want to stop at a rest area, do your business. You don't want to be in a dirty place. Yeah. No. And we've all been there, you know, the traveling in, you know, with, if it's just, even if you're just going in there quickly, you know, to, you know, not conduct a lot of commerce, but just the quick in and out. (laughs) And, but everybody has gone into that bathroom, that rest stop bathroom or public, you know, toilet that is just so horrible and you just feel so bad for the people inside those stalls because you know they have to be doing the hover action because they don't want to get typhoid from sitting on a, you know, one of those fouled toilet seats. So, yeah. <laughs> that reminds me real quick. The other day I was talking to a uh, I, a female friend of mine and I it was a meme that I found and it said something about the real reason why girls go to the bathroom together. And it had, I can't even describe the, the, the way these girls were. One girl was kind of like squatting over the toilet, holding onto the other girl who had her legs up on the, they were basically in like a, like a, like a gym, like a, I don't know, like a cheerleading a position, cheer a cheer pyramid. It was a group hover. Yeah. And this particular, this friend of mine said, yeah, that's, 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 that's very uh, accurate. Uh, otherwise, I'm having to build a nest, and I just thought that was the funniest uh, uh, way to put it. And and it makes me feel for our lady friends out there. Um, I never really thought about the fact that you have to build a nest before you before you uh, use the restroom. And it makes you think: if everyone built that nest, that would be the cleanest damn toilet in 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 the, in the country. I mean, but I just I thought that was funny building a nest. Oh man, that is a, a nice choice of words. And I, I was thinking when you said do a small bit of commerce, I, whatever words you said, I'm paraphrasing maybe. So we're talking like the GDP of Seychelles versus the GDP of the United States. <laughs> exactly. I was doing some, you know, we don't want any of our listeners to be in that situation where they're, um, you know, like the economy of the United States, like macroeconomics and international business, that would be horrible unless they just came even, from like a large Chinese buffet and that would be international <laughs> commerce, I guess. But, but even if you're having to do Seychelles 10 rupees, you want it to be in a clean location. <laughs> uh, I think back at it, that came from a commercial. Do you remember that commercial where you could buy like the coins from the different countries and yeah, the guy, the announcer guy would say, and here's Seychelles 10 rupees. Yes, and, and that would be right after the Slim Whitman commercial. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Or the Roger Whitaker commercial. Yes. Or Which, the by way, his Pam flute. Yeah. Did you guys get the uh, link I sent to you for the Roger Whitaker tune? Yes. You need to I put did. that up on the on the Facebook page too. <laughs> All right, Brady, you're last. Yes. Funny, good, hard, deep, or weird. Funny, good. Have, have we done good ones yet? I think that's the only untouched category. Yeah, I, I don't think we have done a good one yet. Let's do a good Let's one. Let's do a good one. A good one. Good one. Okay. Would you rather be able to teleport anywhere or be able to read minds? Oh, man. I'm going to go with my gut instinct. Definitely teleport. Definitely teleport. 
I mean, I, as I'm sitting here on a COVID quarantine, it's like speaking of the Seychelles, you know what? I'm going to spend the afternoon on a beach in the Seychelles. Boom. There I am. Or I could be. Better you take know, some rupees with you. I'll take some rupees and hopefully there will be a clean restroom. Um, no, I just, uh, you know, yeah, the teleporting would be amazing. Just, just think about it. Think about how easy life would be. You know, you could roll out of bed just before it works. Like, ah, oh, I don't have to drive. And there you go. You just teleport there. You want to go to a concert at Red Rocks in Colorado? Cha-ching. There I am. That That's the easiest pie for me. I get it. <laughs> what do you think? Easiest Todd? pie. So what is it my turn? You it is your turn. Yes. Okay, I'm sorry. I, I didn't I thought you were going to chime in there, Eric. Uh my choices again are could you repeat them? Would you rather be able to teleport anywhere okay. or be able to read minds? Man. I th- I think Okay. So teleporting anywhere to me is would, would be very handy. But most of the places that I would probably teleport are places that I could go by other means. I could drive, I could fly, I could, you know, I could travel in some other way to get there. So I think I'm going to go with read minds. And, and I think okay. that's, I think that's my explanation. It's, it's, it's tell, you know, being able to teleport while being, well, I understand it. You're there quick. You're there, you know, in a, in a snap of a finger. But again, any place I could think of that I would teleport would be a place that I could probably get there if I were more patient. I, I could get there by other, you know, in another way. But reading minds would be something completely unique. So, okay. what would be your ultimate mind reading? Where would you want to use it the most? Where are times that you wanted to use it the most? I honestly think that I think my I think. First of all, I think as an educator, I think mind reading would be very would be very useful. You know, you're always asking yourself as a teacher, you know, kind of what what are your kids thinking about? You know, maybe it's maybe it's something that's, you know, you it, I think it would be it would be you would be more helpful, I think, as a teacher if you knew what was on their mind. Um, now, granted, when you're when you teach young enough kids, they tell you what's on their mind. <laughs> you know, they have no right. problem telling you what's what's on their mind. But I, I think as as educators, which we all three are, I think I think reading someone's mind it, it could be very painful for us because we would also have to read the negatives, you know, the things that people are say, are thinking about us that they do not like. Um, but I think that there are two situations where it could really help, and the first one being my job, and the second being uh, my marriage, uh, because and I, you know. I, <laughs> I think that being able to read uh, your significant other's mind could probably eliminate a high percentage of arguments and disagreements, and also um, you wouldn't have to have the uh, the annoying "Where do you want to eat at?" Uh, no, you pick, no, you pick that kind of thing. Because, I don't care. Yeah, because when they say they don't care, and and you know that they're really thinking they want to go to you know Oh Charlie's, then it's. Not only, not only can you, would you know it, but you could also look really cool. Like, you know, I was thinking, oh, Charlie's and, and they're, you know, they're thinking, oh, so glad he said, oh, Charlie's. And not only say, oh, Charlie's, but the exact thing that they wanted, oh, Charlie's. Yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll bet if we went to oh, Charlie's, you would have. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, now you're assuming, and I'll, I'll chime in on this now. You're assuming that I would still be an educator if I could read minds, because I think I could make infinitely more money doing something else if I could read everyone's mind. True. 
Now, but you don't do that for the money. No, no, it's yeah. it's altruistic. But yeah. what you said is a definite thing that went through my mind. You would also see the negatives and you would also have a pretty good shot at being offended about what someone's thinking about you but not telling you about you. <laughs> so there's that He's hazard wearing to the jorts. Whole thing. I can't believe it. <laughs> exactly. Something like that. <laughs> Um, uh, unless you're my son and you just come out and say it, but you would have to have thick skin I, is what you're saying, right? You'd, you'd definitely have to have some thick skin if you could read minds. And initially, yes, but I think you could manipulate the situation to where it could work in your favor. Even if they're initially thinking something negative about you, you could manipulate the situation to work out. Ah, that sounds yeah. a little bit evil. <laughs> evil. Like the, like fruits. the fruits of the devil. <laughs> um, Todd, I want to kind of chime in that, um, you know, where we could read our students' minds. Um, I think some of my students think I can because how many sentences don't you even think about doing that? And it's like, <laughs> how did you know I was going to do that? So I think they think I'm a mind reader sometimes. But again, if you could tell them exactly what they were going to do, that would be very effective. Like if they're thinking of throwing a paper wad across the room, before they've even made the paper wad, and you look at them and say, don't you dare throw that paper wad. <laughs> Klaus, don't throw that, that paper wad, and Wilhelm, that, that put be, down that eraser. That that would be instant classroom management right there. <laughs> oh, man. Outstanding. Excellent topic. All right. would, yeah, Excellent topic. topic. All right, Todd, you're in the cleanup spot here. All right. You got? I'll, get right I'll get right to it here. I was... Thinking about having a conversation, and I think this is something we've talked about over the years. A lot of the, a lot of our topics end up being things that we've we've talked about just in our own conversations over the years. But things that happen in a, in movies or television that never ever happen in real life, and it doesn't matter how realistic the movie's supposed to be, they will still throw in those things that just never happen to us in real life. At least never happened to me, and. I'll start out with one, and then you know I have several here. I do have a list that we could go to if uh, if time allows. But the first one that comes to my mind, and it's funny that because my wife and I were watching a movie, I think two nights ago, and this exact thing happened in the movie. So and it was a new movie, so it's still happening. And that is when someone walks into a bar and goes up to the bartender and says, "Yeah, I'll have a beer." And the bartender does not say, you know, do you want a Miller Lite? Do you want a Coors Light? Do you want a Bud? Do you want, you know, any number, you know, of these beers? There's so many beers now. Um, they just get them a beer. No, no other questions asked. They get them a beer. They slide it down to them. And that's another thing. It slides down to them, and they always catch it perfectly. Uh, or it, not just beer, any drink. You know, I'll have a whiskey, uh, bourbon on the rocks, please, or something. And they they never ask what type of beer, what type of bourbon, what type of whiskey. Never ever happens in real life. Anytime I've ever ordered uh, an alcoholic beverage, uh, they always want to know specifically which beverage I want. Because every hole in the wall bar nowadays has 382 craft beer f- flavors. Yes. So yes. Just say, hey, give me a beer. That just is very inadequate to the situation. Much more information needed. And have you guys seen that in movies before? It's oh gosh, yeah, yeah. It's a pretty common. In fact, I've even seen and it, it done. And to qualify that, it's got to be a bar where they haven't been before. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, it's not like Norm from Cheers walking in and say, give me a beer. I mean, they're going to know what beer Norm drinks. But <laughs> but even Cheers, they only had one flavor or one beer, one, <laughs> one, tap. one tap. One tap, yeah. It's like, it's like the old generic sign, the black and white, the white sign with black beer. Yeah. <laughs> do, do you remember that time we were up? Oh, well, no, it, it's still up, I think. Um, between Ripley, Ohio and Aberdeen, Ohio, there used to be a place in, in the sign. There was no name. It just said liquor. <laughs> that, that's all it says. It doesn't say you get buy. It just says liquor. Like, you know, I'm not sure what goes on in this building, but it involves liquor, I guess. Guess so. Yeah, right, now, gentlemen, have uh, you ever gone in there to figure out? Uh, in not say, by hey, looking at this place. No, you should go in there and just say, "I'll take some liquor." I'll take some liquor. I'll take Large some liquor. liquor please. <laughs> see, see what they give you. Yeah. Medium liquor, please. <laughs> oh, in a sippy cup. <laughs> well, I've always uh, those. Um, this is a big time. Um, this is a big time uh, rabbit hole. But I always hated stores that were. Um, it would say like, let's say it was cars and more, or if it was a pizza and more. And I always wanted to go, I would like some more, please. I would like a large more because that always irritated me. That, but anyway, sorry. Now, now you have gotten off in, in a rabbit hole because you say large and that takes me to places that have medium and large sizes of things. And they only have two sizes. Yeah. So medium, by definition, should be small. It should be. Because that's the smallest thing be. they offer. Or medium, large, and extra large, some of them say. Or they That can, makes no sense. Or they say regular yeah, that, that was a tangent. Large. I'm sorry. I I took took away your topic there. I just kind of went down a, again, a rabbit hole. completely fine. <clears throat> but I do have something to add to this. If we're done with the whole give me a beer thing. I, I am done, yes. Okay, so... Whenever you're watching a movie, and this has happened multiple times over multiple movies, someone calls another character. One character calls another and says, hey, turn on the TV. So the character turns on the TV to the exact point in the newscast where it's showing what the other character wanted them to see. (laughs) How convenient. (laughs) So never mind that. When we were growing up, before we got cable TV in Sardinia, Ohio in 1984, that we had only basically five channels. Still, if you only had five channels, it would take you some time to get to the right channel and the right newscast. Now, in today's world where you have 785 channels, how are you going to turn on to the correct newscast, not to mention being the proper place in the newscast to see what I'm supposed to see? Wait a minute, well, Eric. You gotta Come wonder, on, Univision. <laughs> you got to wonder, you know, these are intelligent people that make movies. Yeah. Are, well, you assume. Well, are they not, I mean, do they know that and just don't care? Is it too much work to to work around that? You know what I mean? Like, does it does the continuity or, you know, of the, of the, of the scene, is, more, is that more important than, than addressing the, what you're talking about there? Or why couldn't the dialogue just be one character saying to the other, hey, guess what I saw on Channel 3 News about you? Yeah, yeah. The same the same thing could be achieved. Yeah, I agree. I see that a yeah. lot. Of course, it could be us overthinking things. But... <laughs> well, that's what we do here. Yeah, right. We do overthink. 
Brady, you got one to add to the you got one to add to the uh, list? Well, I'm going to go to because I'm a music guy. Have you ever seen those uh, movies where they will approach a band member like like someone's like, "Hey, play us a song." And the band people know exactly what to play for that moment. Like if he's about ready to woo his lady friend, the band person knows exactly to play a slow song. But if he's wanting yeah. to cut a rug and, you know, you know, get a little bit jiggy on the dance floor, you know, they know to play the fast raucous song. So it's just like, like, these band members in these movies have mystical powers that they know exactly what to play or <laughs> like play us our song. Okay. Yeah. And they hit and, it. And you know, as well as I do that if, if someone were to come up to me or you or, you know, in a band and say, Hey, play something slow. I want to slow it. You know, if we're going to play like, Baby got back or something. <laughs> we're going to do something to be smart, Alex. You know that's that's the way bands are. You're not going to be like, okay, we're going to change everything around now to play a song that we might not even know or we might not be able to right. play well. You know, just well, to and they'll throw it in like you know, being in the band thing. You know, doing that. You know, if you're in the middle of your dance song, your party set, and somebody says, you know, play us a slow song. You know, it's like, well, just hold on. I'd say out of a hundred times that I was asked to play a slow song, two out of those hundred times was the timing right. <laughs> yeah. And I got to say, coming right up, ma'am, you know, and here it was coming. And uh, I was only a hero twice out of a hundred. Yeah. Well, but, that's a whole yeah. new topic we could talk about there as well. Like, you know, people hearing your band and hearing the kind of music you're doing and asking for something that is completely just not even in the same yeah. ballpark. You know, yeah, we're there in our parachute pants and skinny ties, and they're saying like, "Play Molly Hatchet," <laughs> you know, something like that. Fog hat. Here's a uh, another one that I've noticed that that kind of bugs me is you'll see it. It's it's the morning. It's it's before school work, and it's usually the mother in these in the movies. It's I guess this the old fashioned, you know, the 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 mom makes breakfast for the the son and or the daughter and they come downstairs and there's this full you know pancakes eggs bacon toast orange fresh squone orange juice <laughs> um and the mom's like oh you're gonna have some breakfast and the kid's like i gotta run mom i don't have time and they i'll just grab a piece of toast and they grab a piece of toast and run out the door that is unrealistic uh first off if if my mom is making that breakfast for me or my dad is making that breakfast for me and I run out the door with just a piece of toast without even sniffing the food that was made for me, I probably would have been forcefully brought back into the house to, uh, they to eat the breakfast. They know, would have wielded that waffle like a shuriken and nailed you right before you walked <laughs> out the door and like bonked you in the head. Yeah. What kind of kids are this disrespectful though to where you're going to make that breakfast for them and they're just going to be like, I got to run. Now, not to mention the fact, and I, I'm totally just speaking for myself here, but I grew up in a house where both of my parents worked. Uh-huh. So it was not a normal occurrence to get the five-course breakfast. Matter of fact, it was never a normal occurrence to get the five-course breakfast. It just didn't happen. In these movies, it seems as though it's a everyday occurrence. 
where the five-course breakfast is made. Do yeah. these people not have leftovers? Are they wasting that much money on food? Because well, I, I just don't see it. That also kind of goes into another, along the same lines, you see in a lot of movies that never happens, and that is this calm morning routine of, you know, they have all the time in the world before work, before school. What household is doing that? I mean, it's it's a madhouse in the Griffin house, home in the morning trying to get everybody ready and, and, and out the door. And, you know, but in the movies, they always have – they must wake up four or five hours before they have to do anything. Yet the sun's out, you know, and, and yeah. everything's peachy and very unrealistic in most modern or homes, school I would starts say. like at noon or something. <laughs> <laughs> So I have one to add. Okay. If we if we've exhausted that breakfast topic, I I have. How many w- movies have you seen where a character is thrown through a plate glass window <laughs> and ends up bloody? I mean, I know if I would go through a plate gra- glass window, I would probably end up severing my femoral artery and spurting all over the place like yeah these guys get thrown through the glass and you know it's just like they shake it off and stand up and you know limp off and they're fine there's not even a mark well even if the going through the window part doesn't get you it seems like landing on the ground on top of the glass part would get you yeah yeah we're not talking safety glass here no well that's okay in in the real world, it would not be safety glass. That's correct. <laughs> yeah. I, so how many have you ever seen anyone come through a window bloody, or end up bloody after going through a window? No. You know, I'm thinking of a couple action movies where, and I could be thinking of where like windows get blown up and people are a little bit nicked up and bloody from glass fragments. But those people that are thrown through the window, they always seem to just pop right up, no worse for wear. Yeah, never bloody enough. Never bloody enough. Um, that, that, and action movies, I think, in general, have so much that's just you know unrealistic about them. Brady, you want to chime in there? Yeah, I, and it's kind of related to the glass thing. Um, I mean, we've always joked, and you know, well, we we do the Dukes of Hazard thing, like when you know when the car would jump, it it, it would go like three stories in the air you know, over three football fields and the nose of the car is coming down at a 90 degree angle. But yet in the scene, they just like, like they're hitting a little speed bumps, like, (laughs) you know, (laughs) and and sometimes, sometimes there was an editing issue where you would actually see the car hit the ground and you would see the frame bend. Oh yeah. And the scene immediately (laughs) cuts to where they're just going down the road. Like you, like you said, they hit a speed bump or something. Oh yeah. I mean, I've knocked my car out of alignment hitting a pothole with the soccer field and let alone not jumped three buses to get away from corrupt police and, you know, not driven off without a script, you know, it, it just, the angle it comes down, it, it's just impossible. Or, you know, in bar fights, when they get hit by a, a chair, somebody picks up the chair and hits somebody with it over the head and it just crumples like it's made of a styrofoam. I don't know about you, but it, I've been hit by chairs before, accidentally and they don't they they don't give they did not break how do you you accidentally get hit by a chair it's an interesting story um i'm trying to think of what it it was set up it it was set up for some kind of um 
you know, event. And I remember being in my early twenties and I was helping move chairs. Well, somebody had had the chair up kind of over their head and they, they were like setting it down and twisting at the same time and didn't know that I was in the path. Let me, I guarantee that, that, that I was hit with almost bar fight force, but that chair, I, I can vouch did not crumble apart. I did. (laughs) Here's one that was on the list. If we're, if we're ready to add another one. And, and I know this is something I, I'm going to read it right from the list because I, I, I can't put it any better than what it is written here. It says fluid, witty, and well-rounded dialogue where the characters never do stuff like pause, mumble, hesitate, miss a reference, have nothing to say, etc. I think the dialogue, and I think it's gotten worse. I think dialogue in movies is completely unrealistic, uh, specifically amongst among like younger people. And I'm not being an ageist here. Uh, I, you know, again, we're educators. We we talk with young people, and even you know, into their teenage years, young adult years. The dialogue in movies that are starring like the cast is a young cast. It's supposed to, you know, they're they're young people in the movie. It's just very unbelievable and unrealistic that they never. They always have the perfect thing to say. They're all witty. Everyone is witty in the movie, and it's just perfectly presented again no pauses no hiccups nothing in it and it's just not very realistic too clean you guys notice that not Um, language wise it's too clean too yeah yeah the first show that i can think of that comes to mind that fits that description and this might be unfair but the the tv show friends i knew that's exactly what i was thinking because like you know i remember when that first came out eric you were in my mom's base we were laughing around laughing about it because yes. the, the dialogue was witty and fast paced those first couple seasons it was something different and but that became the realistic expectation of how people talk and then it's really not yeah i agree no i'm wrong the, i love the, friends the, yeah. the joke that sticks in my mind and i know where <laughs> i was when i heard it i was sitting in your dad's recliner and it was uh, someone goes up to Chandler and says, "Guess what?" And Chandler goes, "The fifth dentist cave." Now they all recommend Trident. <laughs> <laughs> or my favorite one, like uh, where we references, uh, you mean like the obnoxious sister from What's Happening? Like it was, uh, it was a reference to D, the uh, the yeah. one that was always. <laughs> but that was the one that always cracked me up. Anyway, okay, so I have one to add here. Go ahead. Yes, I I have one to add. Every time the main character in a scene or in the movie goes to a place, whatever that place could be, the market could be a hotel, could be a sporting event at a big arena. They always find a spot right in the front. You mean a parking spot? A parking spot. Yes. Always right in the front. And without having to circle for a half hour. Yes. Just pull right into the spot. That is true. That is true. I hadn't even really thought about that one. I've noticed. Yeah. Unrealistic, and it's like, and it's like the spot had been purposely saved for it, and there's no signage there that says reserved parking. I mean, it's just a regular old parking spot, and just they pull right in, and and the rest of the spots are full, but this one just happens to be open. And I, I have cursed Kroger that they have changed their parking lot. Now I can't get the parking spots that I used to get, 
So it's it's like a, a great thing when I can get the parking spot I want, but the people in the movies always pull into the parking spot in the front that's been reserved for them without any signage saying so. Yeah. You know, and again, it's and, and a lot of these, like we've said about overthinking, maybe again, these are for continuity. Maybe therefore, you know, it, it would, but they should at least allude to the fact that the person had to wait for the parking spot or drive around the parking lot for 10 minutes before finding it, you know, like a, I thought we would never get this spot. Just throw that in there. And at least it becomes realistic. You don't have to show me them circling for 10 yeah. minutes. Indeed. Brady, you got anything to add there? Or? No, I, I'm just amazed that I've really never thought of this before, but Eric, you're, you're right. Um, it, that, that's just never jumped out of me. But now that you said it, it's like, Oh yeah, I've seen that a lot <laughs> here. Here's one I just noticed. If you guys don't mind me chiming in with this, how dreaming of kissing a beautiful woman, but are actually being licked by an animal. <laughs> <laughs> now I don't, I don't have any movies. I don't have any movies that jump in my head, but I know I've seen that multiple times in movies, and I can honestly say it's never happened. Long duck dong in sixteen <laughs> candles. <laughs> well, am I right? Yes, the donger. Yes, you are right. I never thought that uh, Mr. Dong would be it would make an episode. Uh... <laughs> so, so I do have a, a quick story, and, I, and we have to be getting close on time, but this reminds me. She's going to kill me for, for telling this story, but it's worth it. Um, so when Say and I, we were first married, we lived at our very first house in Sardinia there, and she woke up in the middle of the night one night, uh, and this is this is her telling the story after after the next morning when she told me about it. She woke up and she had something in her hand that she was gripping, and she was holding it like really really tight to like where her hand. You know, she she woke herself up gripping this really tight, and she thought she had had a dream that she was holding M and M's in her hand, peanut M and M's in her hand, and it, she woke up and she sure enough was holding something in her hand. And she like opens her hand and like kind of as she opens her hand, she smells it that it, it is dog feces. Uh, we had had a new puppy. We got a new puppy, and he and uh, she was sleeping in the bed with us. This puppy was, and it had apparently had some intestinal. Uh, Brady, what's your term? Intestinal distress. It had conducted yes, its commerce. It conducted its commerce in bed. <laughs> And Celia had, in the middle of the night, had grabbed them thinking they were peanut M&Ms apparently. From, and, uh, yeah. I, and, and But she once she realized what they – and this is what woke me up. This is the part where I woke up. She just set up and threw them across the room, uh, these two uh, dog pellets. pellets. Yeah. <laughs> and I just – all I could think was, you just, just be glad you didn't eat the M&Ms in your dream. So <laughs> I gotta ask, did it hit a fan when she threw it? Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> you know, the chances are probably here all know, week, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> there just happened and to be one. How perfect would that be? The uh the last thing I heard the buzzer go. We we can't end this topic without talking about with all of us taking a turn talking about this, and that is how unrealistic uh, well, that's the best way to say it. Love making scenes are in movies. <laughs> Whoopi. How unrealistic Whoopi is in movies. Tell us about it, Bob Eubanks. 
it there's just not much realistic about it and it hasn't gotten any better i mean it, it was it was definitely noticeable back in the day uh, but it, it hasn't really gotten any better it, it it's it's either over romanticized or under romanticized there's no awkwardness to it not once has a, 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 a unless it's a comedy movie but not once has a man ever you know uh tripped over his boxers and then hit his head on the corner of the dresser uh that kind of thing or just got his foot caught in his boxers and did the stupid dance across the room, uh, <laughs> making him completely unappealing and running any mood that was possibly set before said, uh, underwear uh, issue. <laughs> and that's just one of many things at the top of my head, but there's just, they don't do them right. They're not realistic. What, what I, say I, you guys? I, I will not expound upon this only as to say, I will say about that. What I said about the dialogue too clean. Too clean. You can too clean. Too um, clean. I always think about the uh, scene uh, from the older movie. It's you know I, I I can't remember the actor and actress. I might have been Burt Lancaster, but like from here to eternity, when they're embraced. Are you in, eighty-seven years old? <laughs> it's a famous I, I, scene. I I honestly <laughs> have never ever seen a movie or watched a movie with Burt Lancaster in. <laughs> Well, I haven't seen it. It's just this is an iconic scene when they're embracing on the beach and the water's coming in on them. And, you know, of course, it, it was the 40s or 50s, so no whoopee was shown, but it was implied. <laughs> but, you know, whenever I see this famous scene, it's like, hey, I've sat along the ocean. There's crustaceans and mollusks and everything washing up your shorts or, you know, and th- th- that's not a pleasant or comfortable you know, I I I just don't think it 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 was too clean and too romanticized. Um, you know, it's all fun and games till somebody you know gets a sand crab crawling on their rear end or something. <laughs> you know, well, not to mention the sand itself, where that might end up. Oh yeah, yeah. You have sand. where would it end up, Eric? Uh, <laughs> v- var- various and sundry. <laughs> Places on one's body. Oh, yeah, I thought you were going to say like Cleveland. Have, could have a sand louse. <laughs> have all kinds of things in the. Well, and back to the the awkwardness in the actual. How many times have you seen a passionate couple? You know, burst through the door. They've been out on their date or wherever they've been, and, and they burst through the door, and 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 the, everything's just right, and they're rolling around on the bed, and the music's playing, and they roll off the bed. And they look at each other with this cute little, look what we just did. And they laugh. And then they go about uh, conducting their commerce <laughs> in a different whoa, way whoa, than Brady. Whoa, wrong metaphor. <laughs> I didn't see that That's movie. a different kind of movie. <laughs> so, sorry. But anyway, they go right <laughs> you, you need to watch uh, the unedited uh, Team America. Uh, but anyway, they go right back to it. Now, you guys, first off, I guess it depends on your age. I'm not old, but at 43, if I fall off a bed, chances are I'm pinching something against something. I'm hurt. I'm chafing. The chafing could be awful. You're you broke a hip, Margaret. Stoving something. Yeah. <laughs> Never thought about stovation. Yeah, well, it could be uh, somewhat innocuous, or it could be very hazardous, depending on yeah. what you stove. Something but, could uh, become swole. Swole. Yeah, or something could get hung up on the bed falling down and, and, and the rest of you fall while it doesn't. I mean, there's all kinds of things that could get, 
<laughs> all kinds of possibilities and none are good. No. Not so to be anyway. laughed off with a cute little ha ha ha. <laughs> let's let's uh, let's recommence. Yeah, it's definitely over at that point. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Including and, and prob- in some cases. And probably it's the man's fault. Whatever happened, it's whatever caused it to be over, it's the man's fault. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. So Sorry, I, I probably shouldn't have said that to our <laughs> well, female listeners. I apologize. I'm, just, I'm assuming you're watching a lot of Lifetime movies, Eric. <laughs> yeah. Were you watching yeah. my fall? See, I gave you, I gave you, I gave you a nice little out there, Eric. I helped you out, uh, buddy. Th- th- thank you. Appreciate that. Fair or false? It's the burning bed. What's on my movie list? Uh, <laughs> with, with that, that's my transitional phrase. With that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll call it an evening. Um, three good topics there. I yeah, thought uh, thought uh, a good conversation. Hope you all enjoyed it and appreciate it. And as always, again, uh, to go down the list of places you can find us: uh, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, Spotify, among others. Our uh, main webpage: anchor.fm backslash Play It By Ear Podcast, where you can leave us a voice message, which we will insert into our podcast directly uh, also you can find us on facebook play it by your podcast you can search it there on twitter at play it by your pod with the number two on the end that's uh all of our locations you can find us well here's yes, Eric, if i can add something to that real quick because i've had a few people ask me to you know how they can hear the podcast and i always tell them obviously they can go right to the anchor website like you mentioned but uh, and I don't mean to like push one outlet over another, but I, I do know Spotify. I've had some people ask me about, does it cost? And Spotify has a couple options. And one of the options is a free, the, their free version. And you can hear our podcast using the free version. You do not have I to pay. I think you just get the, commercials or something, don't you? Yeah, there may be some advertisements in there. Uh, but, uh, you know, you don't have to pay the, you know, sp- now I love Spotify, so... To me, it's worth it. But if you don't, if you would never use Spotify for anything else, then just go with the free one, and you can listen to it on your your phone. You know, pretty much anywhere you are, you'd be able to use Spotify. And I'm sure there are the other outlets are the same way. That just happens to be the one that I'm the most familiar with. And I can vouch for iHeartRadio being the same way, and that's yeah. free version as well. Google Podcasts and Apple, I assume, is. I don't have an iPhone, but I yeah. think that is as well. So yeah, we don't want you paying your hard earned money with things the way they are uh, to hear our podcast. We want to bring you pleasure for free. <laughs> exactly. I, I don't know if we're worth paying for, but <laughs> with that, thank you gentlemen. And uh, again, we appreciate you all listening and uh, we will bring episode 12 to you in short order. Peace. Thanks for listening to the Play It By Ear podcast. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter at Play It By Ear Pod 2, and our website at anchor.fm backslash Play It By Ear podcast. Thanks again, and join us next time as we play it by ear.